Please turn your Bibles to 1 John chapter 4. Uh, we have been looking at this epistle and it has just been incredible. I was considering beginning in verse 1 and I decided against it because I'll preach. And I think you have enough information about verses 1 through 3. So I just want to begin in verse 4 today, jump straight into it. Is that okay? This is such a powerful verse. The Apostle John says in verse 4 here again, he says, You are of God. And I, I really want to, I know we began this last week, but I just want to bring some things to your attention as we continue this week. Notice he begins by saying you. He says, yeah, you. <laughs> okay, don't look behind you. I'm talking to you. And he says, you are of God. And remember the word of means out of. Amen? In the same way that you know, Apostle Paul wrote and said, all things are of God. Remember you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. And now all things are of God. And we need to get this revelation that we are no longer a part of the world. We began here. See, this is what the biggest problem is. is it, it, it pulls us back so much of the time where we started. And the thing is, the Apostle John is trying to tell us is that we need to pull away from that now. We need to separate ourselves from that and get into the place where we begin to, uh, I guess in a sense, have the reality on the inside of us. It's called revelation, okay? The reality on, I don't want to use these words because other people don't understand this sometimes. The reality on the inside of us that we are no longer of this world. We are in the world, but we are no longer of the world. We are now of God. That's why he says you are of God. And you know, when he exclaimed that, don't you understand that you are now, now, right now, the children of God. Amen? I know we keep hearing this, but I think the revelation of it needs to still hit us. And I know I need that revelation. We all need this. I believe we all need this. And I really want to bring this revelation to you because this is one of the most powerful verses there are in the Bible. The, the revelations that this verse contains can get you out of any problem. Amen? And the first revelation it contains is that you are of God. Can I ask you to do this please with me? Can, can I ask you to say out loud, I am of God. Can we say that together? I am of God. Can we say it again? I am of God. You say that a couple of times. When circumstances are attacking you, you stand there and say, I am of God. In other words, whatever is attacking me that's not of God, obviously, <laughs> okay, is attacking something that is of God. So what's so great about that? The next part of the verse, and have overcome. It's not, and hopefully will overcome. Some days I overcome. <laughs> okay? It say, you know, he says, you are of God and have overcome. Overcome what? Anything? That them is anything that hell can spit out at you. Amen. Amen? And I want you to notice, and we're going to look at this today. He says, because greater is he. There is something inside of you that is more powerful than you can possibly imagine. You know, the reason I say that is because nobody can really understand how powerful God is. They think they know. That's like an ant. Trying to figure out how to fly a space shuttle. 
You know what I'm trying to say? He might say, I got this. No, you don't. Trust me. You don't. <laughs> okay, listen. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe we find out the ant's really smart. I don't know. But the thing, <laughs> okay, right now, for what I know, okay, it, it is just the concepts. And what you need to understand that is well beyond us right now. In heaven, we'll get closer to it. But right now, in a fallen body, in a fallen world, we're nowhere close to it. So that's the reason why he says, when he says, greater is he that is in you, we need to understand what is in us to some degree. And the greater understanding that we have of the greater one in us, the greater opportunity we have to overcome things. Amen? All right, so let, let me just get back to this very quickly. Remember again the Apostle Paul, uh, <laughs> Apostle Paul, Remember again, the apostle Peter, <laughs> there is no Porter in the Bible. Okay. <laughs> okay. He goes, which Bible is that again? Is that one of them Sri Lankan Bibles? No. <laughs> that has the sons of Steva in it. No, anyway. So back to, <laughs> now I have to erase all of this. Okay, all right, back to this. <laughs> even, even the apostle Peter brought this out in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 23 when he said, being born again, not of corruptible seed. Remember that you have been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed. The seed that you were born again of is incorruptible. Yeah, but you don't know me. Yes, but I know God. Amen. And I know the seed he planted in us. And the apostle Peter says, and you know, I love that it was Peter that said this. You know, Peter with both you know, feet hanging out of his mouth. He's always, you know, speaking up at the wrong time. And, you know, one minute he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Next thing Jesus is saying, get thee behind me, Satan. That Peter, you know, <laughs> okay. In all of that, he realized that there is something in him, regardless of how flawed he was. There was something in him that was perfect. That was unflawed. It was this incorruptible seed. And I want you to notice again, he said, by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. This thing never goes away. This is a forever thing. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, we also looked at John chapter 16, verse 33. And the reason that we said that we have already overcome is because Jesus has already overcome. And that's where he said, these things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And the thing is, the, the great news is, not only did he overcome the world, now he lives in you so that you can overcome the world. Amen. Okay. Uh, I, I quoted this from a German theologian. I really want to uh, just re-quote it again today. Is that okay? He said, the battle has been decided. Even if it, not, if it is not yet over, by faith, Christians participate in this victory and are thus placed in a position to overcome the world for themselves. In other words, he's saying, listen, God has given us this thing called faith. By faith, notice he says, Christians participate in this victory. It is by faith that we participate in everything that God has for us. And it is by faith that we can now overcome anything and everything that comes against us. God has given this to us. That's why he says, and are thus placed in a position to overcome the world for themselves. Now remember, we do need God. But remember, we need to do something as well. The Lord working with us. Everybody wants the Lord to work for them. <laughs> okay? They're always saying, God, if you want this to happen, let it, you know, you do it. God looks back and says, no, you say something about this. This is your will. You speak that. Do you all understand that prayer isn't you going to your room, 
closing the door, closing your eyes, putting your hands such, you know, crossing your fingers, and then sitting there and thinking, God, how long do I have to wait here? How much time do I have to waste until God goes, okay, that'll do. That's enough penance. You can go now. <laughs> okay. Please, if you're doing that, you know, please don't do that. Do you understand that prayer is about you talking to God? Amen. And it's about him talking to you. Don't ever go in there, you know, to kind of like the penalty box. You know, I, it's, it's like somebody said, there's all these blessings of God and then there's prayer. You know, it kind of balances it all out just so you don't get too excited. Oh, dear God, don't think that way. Amen. Understand something. Prayer is about communication. Prayer is about when you say, God, I need to talk to you right now. And he goes, yeah, I need to talk to you too. Let's go. Let's close the door so nobody disturbs us. You know, because it's amazing how the devil will send things to disturb you. And we won't talk about that today. Anyway, <laughs> understand, and I want to come back to this. Understand that by faith, we can participate and should participate in this victory. Amen? Hallelujah. We have been put in that position. Now, I already said last week that God has done his part, seating us together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I read to you Ephesians chapter uh, 2, verses 4 through 7. Um, I won't go through all. Well, actually, you know what? Let's do that as we lead into what we want to talk about today. He says there, but God who is rich in mercy. And we talked about this because of his great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. And he says, by grace have you been saved. Verse 6, and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Notice that he made us sit together. He made this happen. Amen. So not only do you say, I am of God, you need to also make the confession, I am seated together with Christ. Why? Because then you... you you take yourself out of where you are right now and place yourself in a position of victory. Amen. See, you know, can I just say this? The more earthbound we are, the more we get affected by the things in the earth. Amen. The more that we have, um, um, the more our perspective changes. If we can see ourselves from the place seated with God, Things will change. Our approach to things will change. Amen? And we need a different approach. We need to see things from a place of victory, not from a place of we're trying to get somewhere. Amen? And you know, that's what, do you all understand that's what confession is all about? It's establishing a victory in your life. I haven't spoken to you about confession uh, recently, but it is something that reminds ourselves. It is not something that we try to bring about. It is something that has already happened, and we're establishing that victory with our mouth. You know, when we say that we're healed, it's because the Bible says you were healed. And all we do is receive that healing by saying that's for us right now. The reality is there, but the manifestation needs to come about. We need it to manifest in our life. Amen? Now, I know that's difficult, <laughs> okay? And I know it's easy for me to get up here and tell you all of this stuff. But, you know, everything begins with that first step. The biggest journey that you'll go on begins with that first step of saying something, changing something. 
Amen? All right. And my job here is to encourage you in that direction. All right. And he says again here, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, verse 7, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. This is what it means to be of God and a part of God's family. We finished off here last week and why we're in the incredible position to overcome everything that comes against us. And also why we should never let the enemy play games with us, okay? Mental games especially, <laughs> okay? All right. And get us, uh, you know, get the better of us with the Apostle Paul now saying in Romans. We'll go to Romans chapter 8, and I will re- want to read verses 33 through 37. He says there, Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Let me just stop there right now, <laughs> okay? Can you please say with me right now, I am God's elect. Say it now. I am God's elect. Did you get that? So not only are you of God, but you are God's elect. You say, well, I don't feel like God's elect. It doesn't matter how you feel. (laughs) You know, when you woke up about three months after you were married and you thought, I don't feel married. uh, You better remember you are. Doesn't matter how you feel. Hello? Your partner will remind you. Maybe with a big stick, but anyway, you know, it's like, oh, brother, you better not move. Be moved by what you feel. Okay, all right. I want you to see something here. He says, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? You know what this tells us? This tells us that the enemy is constantly attacking us. And what, what he is attacking is God's elect. We need to realize that we are not just people that are just trying to make it in this earth and the enemy comes against us and we're doing, oh God, here we go again. Stop thinking that way. We need to realize, you need to stand up and say, I am a child of God. I am God's elect. How dare you? We need this, this kind of attitude to come against the enemy. Amen? And that's why he says, who? You know, it's almost like, <laughs> you almost see like a black man saying, who, who dare come against me? You want some of this? <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? This is how the Apostle Paul says. <laughs> i got to read this again. He says, who shall bring a charge? Nobody can. Watch what he goes on to say. He says, it is God who justifies. Now, I want, you to, I want you to understand what he's saying here. He's saying the reason that nobody should be able to bring something against you and you need to reject anything that is brought against you in this way is because it is God that paid the price for your redemption. Did you get that? In other words, what they're trying to do is say the cross wasn't enough. And the Apostle Paul is saying, the cross was more than enough. How dare you bring a charge against one of them? Amen. Are you getting this? We really need to catch this because this applies to us everywhere we go. I want whatever is coming against you, I want this attitude to rise up. Do you know what it is called? You want a word for it? A phrase? The spirit of faith. The apostle Paul says, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Verse 34, who is he who condemns? In other words, who's saying that you don't deserve this? Who's condemning you? He says, it is Christ who died. Are you getting this? He's saying, they didn't die. And the thing is, neither did you, thank God. <laughs> you know, it's over and done with. He says, listen, 
it is Christ who died. And notice he goes and says, and furthermore, is also risen. In other words, he said he didn't stay dead. He came back up, okay? And he says, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Now, I want you to get that. I want you to understand that Jesus Christ right now, see, I'm, I'm, I'm helping you to understand that you are of God and have overcome, okay? I'm letting you know that these are the things that go with that. In order for you to overcome, you need to know that you are God's elect, that it is God that paid the price for you. You need to know that Jesus Christ died for you. That nobody has a right to condemn you. And whatever you're believing for, they are coming against something that Jesus paid for with his life. Amen? Now, I, I know we have issues and, and, and troubles through our life. But understand something. There is something incredibly powerful at your disposal. It's there. How, you know, am I going to get it straight away? Probably not, <laughs> okay? I'd love to believe that you could, and I pray for a miracle if that's what you need, or a breakthrough. And I really want you guys to get it immediately. Amen. But I don't want you to be discouraged if you don't. Amen to that as well. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, okay, let me, let me continue. I have to finish this verse today. And he says, notice he says, who makes intercession for us. I really want to focus on that for just a minute. Do you understand that Jesus makes intercession for you so that you will succeed? So when you're having a moment of doubt, he's interceding on your behalf. I don't want you to ever think that there, is, there isn't uh, someone interceding for you. You say, I don't know about my past. You know, I don't know whether he plays golf all week or what. You know, I don't know. <laughs> you know, okay. You know, regardless of what your pastor does. By the way, I pray for you, but never mind, okay? But the thing is, regardless of what you, you know, the devil can do all sorts of play mind games with you. Remember I told you this is all about him playing with your brain, okay? Understand something. Jesus Christ, if nobody else is praying for you, Jesus Christ is praying for you. Hallelujah. And he's interceding for you that you make it amen verse 35 let's continue he says who shall separate us from the love of christ shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword i mean he's just listing as many things as he can here he's just saying listen all of this stuff can come against you but none of it can separate you from his love now Listen, it might separate. <laughs> we might have difficulty. We might say, God, if you love me, how come this is happening? He still will love you regardless of that. He'll go, mm-hmm, you're having a day. Maybe a month, hopefully not a year. Okay, <laughs> okay? all right? But he still loves you. That love never changes. See, this is one of the key things that it keeps coming back to. And I've seen that over and over again. And we've kind of done it with, you know, love, 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 you know, little, little flowers blowing in the air and everything, love, you know. It, listen, it's not that kind of love. <laughs> okay? It's a deep, committed love. It's a love that says, even when you stop believing in yourself, I still believe in you. Even when you give up on yourself, I still believe you will make it. Are you all with me? That's the love that God has for us. See, this is the reason why it is so incredible that his love brought us into his kingdom. 
We need to understand that we didn't push ourselves in there. His love drew us in. Because his love drew us in, his love will keep us there. No matter how naughty we get. You know, we think and people preach that, you know, if you get too naughty, God will just, you know, give it a flick and you need to confess him as Lord and come back in again. He's not like, you know, we might be that way, but he's not that way. And I hope nobody is like that, <laughs> that way here. Okay? He's not like that. He's a person. He is the parent that holds on to you. That says, come and find shelter under my wings. That says, I will be a fortress. You have a problem Hide in me. That's why I always tell people, don't run from God when you have a problem, you know. He goes, yeah, but I'm the one that doesn't matter. Run to him. Because that's where there is safety, redemption. Amen. And you get away from condemnation. Hallelujah. Okay. Verse 36, it says, as it is written, and this is how most of us think. Not anybody here, but the Christian community at large. For your sake, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yeah, that's me, Lord. That's me. I'm that little sheep. That's just, you know, just a sheep for the slaughter. Stop it. It says that people think that's what it's like. Listen to me. Next verse. I don't know why people don't go to the next verse. (laughs) Verse 37, he says, yet... In all these things. Did he say most? He said all. He said in everything. In all these things. What did he say? We kind of, in a good day, when we're in the right frame of mind. (laughs) No, he didn't use any of those things. He said in all of these things. He said we are more than conquerors. Watch now. Through him who loved us. Do you understand that we are more than conquerors? Through him, with the understanding that he loves us. That he'll never let go. <laughs> that if we start a fight, he'll finish it. <laughs> okay? That he's not going to go, oh, this is getting too much now. You know, I, I don't know if I'm that committed. That's what people do with us, but God will never do that to you. You know, I think we give up on him sometimes. <laughs> you know, we start a fight, and then we go, God, this is getting a bit too much. He goes, I haven't quit yet. <laughs> Amen. Uh, How many times? And I said, okay, then I won't quit either. Okay. (laughs) Listen, man, don't give up. Pastor Verity wrote a whole song about that. All right. (laughs) So what are we to so what we are to do, excuse me, long before we ever go into battle, listen, is to know ahead of time that we've already won. We need to go into every battle with a victorious mentality. We must not go into battle with a I hope I win mentality. (laughs) Can I say it again? Please don't start anything, a confession or a commitment or anything with I hope. You better not hope. You better go pray until you know. Amen. (laughs) Okay. This is not one of those hope things. This is one of those I will commit and I will not quit until I get to the other side. My boat is not going to go to the middle of the lake and sink. Amen. (laughs) You all know what I'm talking about, right? Okay. (laughs) So, Long before we ever go into battle, we need to know ahead of time. We've already won. And why the Apostle John says again in the past tense, and have overcome them. Now, We've talked about them, all right? It is everything, all of hell, 
whatever it spits out. This, of course, also includes demons. You know, they can come in different forms. They can come in really ready people. You know, it doesn't have to be like one of those things where the head spins around and it spits out green, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Don't wait till that happens. All right, you know, <laughs> there, are, there are some people, I mean, that's just as bad sometimes, I think, that people do to you. But, you know, there are some people, have you noticed how they just, people can just do something? And, you know, it's not, it's not necessarily the thing they do, but the spirit behind them. And that's what really affects you. And they might say something in a certain way, look at you in a certain way. And, you know, it just takes this tiny little something and it just kind of throws you off the whole day. I don't know how many times I've just had to say, I come against that in Jesus' name. I will not let that affect me or the rest of my day. One thing, you know, and isn't it funny how if one person does one bad thing, 10 people do wonderful things, that one thing overshadows all of it. Have you all noticed that? Why? Because we allow it to. We need to say no. And receive what God is trying to do to bless us. Can I get amen on that? Okay. All right. And that's why again, (laughs) Jesus, you know, it's interesting that the very first thing that Jesus said in Mark 16 and verse 17, when he said, and these signs will follow those who believe, the first thing he says, in my name, they will cast out demons. I used to always wonder how come he didn't start with something else. You know, speaking tongues or whatever. He says the first thing, cast out demons. You know why the first thing you do is cast them out? Because they're the things that get in the way of your victory. In some way or form, they always jump in the way. They always try to distract you. They try to discourage you. They'll speak all kinds of condemnations to you. Whatever it is, first thing, cast them out. Don't wait for somebody to look like, you know, they've been possessed to cast... This is talking about just right around you right now. If you need to, you just start out. I told you now the two things you need to do. What what were they? Number one, acknowledge your sin. Confess it. Get it out of your life. Number two, bind the enemy. Because you don't want him for the rest of the time attacking you. You know, you pray one thing. He goes, I don't think God heard that. Maybe you should say it a different way. You don't want that. Amen. (laughs) Or bringing some kind of confusion. They do those things as well. Anyway, and so it is in relation to all this that the Apostle John says that we, have, we ha- already have the victory and have overcome them. And why even the Apostle Paul says, listen to this, in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, the first part, he says, Now thanks be unto God, who always, notice the word always, not sometimes, not most of the time, <laughs> okay? Who, say the word always, always. He says, who always causes us to triumph in Christ. Do you get that? He said he always causes us to triumph in Christ. I don't want to continue reading. I just want you to focus on that. That's what I want you to meditate on. Always. Because if we don't leave any room for the devil to attack us, he won't have anything to attack us with. Amen? Amen. So once again, notice that all this is only possible in Christ and Him being in us, as we already saw again in John 14 and verse 20. And why the Apostle John goes on to say in the latter half of verse uh, 4, he says, Because greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. Now this needs to become a revelation that we live our lives by. That in you, right now, there is something, someone, did you get that? Far greater than you can imagine. 
And as great as Satan's kingdom might be, it's no match for what's in you. And as to the kind of power that resides in you, remember Matthew chapter 17. Let's go there very quickly. Verses 1 and 2. You know these verses, but I want to bring these verses to you in a different light, so to speak. Pun intended. Okay? (laughs) Matthew chapter... You'll understand what I meant in a minute. Matthew chapter 17, verse 1. It says, Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves. Verse 2. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun. Amen. And his clothes became as white as light. In in other words, he was shining to such a degree that even his clothes started glowing. Amen. Now see, I never got this for a long time. The revelation that these three guys got was that they saw something that was on the outside that one day they realized that's on the inside. Get it? What was so incredible to them, they suddenly realized it's now living in them. When they say Christ in us, they remember Christ on the mountaintop. They remember this happened. (laughs) Amen. And they thought, you're kidding me. That's in here? See what I'm talking about? That's a revelation that we need to get. We need to see Christ and then realize, see, as much as he was man, he is also God. This is the reason why I always keep bringing this back. The man part helps us understand that he does understand us. But the God part lets us know that he never fails. Amen. And what's in you is the thing that created everything. And therefore is more powerful than anything that was created. And that all things are created by him, for him, who lives in you. Amen. So if anything gets out of whack, (laughs) okay, the creator is in there. And you just kind of need to let him out. And that's really what I'm, 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 the journey that we're taking, this church, the journey that we're taking. See, every church is called to do something different. The journey that this church is on is for me to bring the revelation. See, I'm not here to give you every revelation I like to, okay? (laughs) And, and, And that's why I don't mind you listening to other people, as long as it doesn't contradict what is going on here. But the journey that I want to take you on is to bring you to the place of glory. To a place where you are in Christ and you understand what it means for him to be in you. Amen? Hallelujah. All right. What they got that day was a glimpse of what was to come. As brought out in Revelation chapter 19 verses 15 and 16 where it said, Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword. Does it out of your mouth too? Oh, his eyes a little blunt. <laughs> you know? I think out of my mouth comes a spatula. You know? <laughs> okay, <All right. laughs> No, <laughs> it needs to be the word of God. The sword of the spirit. Note who is on the inside of you when he speaks. It's a sword. And he is in you. That's why when he speaks and you're listening to him, what comes out, if you are fighting something and you spend time fellowshipping with him, what will come out of his mouth will be a sword that you can use. It's a revelation of one word from God, one sword from God. Get it? It'll take down anything and everything around you. But we need that sword. And he, notice, he, let me continue reading. It, Revelation 15, uh, 19, 15 again. He says, out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it 
he should strike the nations and he himself will rule them with the rod of iron. And that includes everything that gets out of place in your life. He doesn't go, well, that's okay. He'll rule them with a rod of iron. He said, you get into place. How dare you attack her? How dare you attack him? Get it? Okay, let's continue. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of almighty God. See, nice when it comes to things attacking you. He's good Jesus to you, but not everything that's against you. Amen? Amen. Verse 16. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name that is written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Greater is he that is in you. King of kings, Lord of lords, than he that's in the world. Get it? Amen. All right. That was the reality of what they saw on the mountain that day. And what's so exciting is that, I've said here again, what they saw and experienced on the outside that day, on the Mount of Transfiguration, came to live on the inside of them after the day of Pentecost. And, this is, and it was promised by Jesus in John 14 and verse 20. He says, at that day, this is his following resurrection. He says, you will know that I'm in the Father and you in me and I in you. Amen? What an incredible revelation and why it makes all the sense in the world that Jesus would go on to say in John 14 and verse 12, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And what? Greater works than these. Greater works than these. Notice, he will do because I go to my Father. In other words, he's saying I'm going to make a way for greater things to happen. Because I'm going back to God. Hallelujah. And he is God. Amen. All right, we're almost there. Even uh, added to all this, even when it comes to our physical body, <laughs> here we are, with all its faults and failures. Hello, I'll put my hand up. Okay. It in itself has been designated God's temple. With the Apostle Paul saying in 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 19, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Isn't this incredible? He, he didn't say your spirit. He said, do you not know that your body, can I just get you to say this today? I'm, make, I'm getting you to make confessions today. Is that okay? Just say, my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. This is how you defeat whatever is coming at you. You just stand up and say, wait a minute. This body is God's temple. How dare you attack his temple? <laughs> Amen. So not only are you a child of God, not only are you God's elect, but the very body that you live in is his temple. Are you getting these revelations? I do hope you're getting this. He says, who lives in you and was given to you by God. I've said here, if you were ever to get the full revelation of all of this, we would indeed become more than conquerors and overcomers. Listen, you know, sometimes they say, why should we fight? I mean, it's so hard. Brother, do you say that? Yes. every No. <laughs> you know, there are days. Can I just say we all have days, weeks, months, whatever. Okay. We all have times in our life, seasons in our life where we think, you know what? It's easier not to fight. I'd like to leave you with some encouraging verses why you should. Are you ready? <laughs> okay. All right. The benefits. Okay. Revelation chapter 2 verse 7. He said, Jesus is speaking here. He says, to him who overcomes, he said, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst 
of the paradise of God. Wow. Second thing, and this, uh, this is the one I really want to bring to you. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 21, there's a whole lot of other scriptures, by the way. He says, to him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Wow. Notice, he says, to him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. I was thinking about that. I said, now God, I don't know if I want to sit on your lap. (laughs) You know? (laughs) But watch what he goes in the say. He says, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Do you understand what this is talking about? Do you understand? See, we don't understand space. Dimensionality, you know, dimensions and all that sort of stuff. You know, somebody that was in heaven once said this, and I truly believe this was a truth, that he said, because he said, there is a throne in heaven, and he said, out of God comes Jesus. Remember that we are out of God? Of God means out of God. Okay, he said, it's interesting, the Son comes out of the Father. That's why he is God. Get it? In the same way, we come out of Christ. And we can go back into him. And in him, we are seated with him. Are you getting this? How much room is there? I don't know. Have you all seen Doctor Who, the TARDIS? You know? okay. <laughs> it's a lot bigger than you think. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> but what's so wonderful and astonishing about all this is that the Apostle John says that it's already been done for us. Listen, and all we have to do is walk it out in our lives. And why he says again, we'll, con- we'll conclude when he says, you are, do you get this now? You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. There are rewards waiting for you if you just walk it out. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen? Amen. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you, Father, for this incredible revelation and insight understanding. I thank you, Lord, that we do put all of this to work in our